So I, you know, empower people to be deeply connected lovers because that is often the key to opening up the heart. Welcome to Therapist Expanded, where we start a mental health revolution by living our dreams fully and freely beyond industry conditioning and taking every client with us because we'll only take them as far as we've gone. So join me, your host, Aaron Gibb, and my trailblazing guests and be revolutionary by expanding your mind and your life to your freest and fullest potential. Hello, Therapists Expanding. Today, I'm interviewing Debbie Marielle. And Debbie does intimacy counseling and coaching for women virtually. Debbie works out of Colorado. She is a Colorado psychotherapist, intimacy coach, and counselor. And I really wanted to bring on someone who specializes in sex coaching and therapy because I started noticing this trend that as I was supervising more and more therapists and talking to more therapists and seeing myself even when I was a couple's therapist in the past and with individuals, unless clients bring up sex, a lot of therapists do not ask about it. Obviously, that's just my experience. But it got me thinking that, you know, my graduate school did not provide any education in sex therapy. I don't even think we talked much about getting specialization in sex therapy. And a lot of therapists do not specialize in sex therapy. And a lot of therapists do not do coaching. It got me thinking, especially after I spoke with Debbie, because Debbie, I didn't really realize until we got into this, Debbie could be seen as a controversial figure. And she speaks to that. She has a TED Talk that came out and about how Ted wondered how she was going to address the gender and sexuality spectrum. And that is not her expertise. She's very clear on that. She works with cisgender women in heteronormative marriages. She was talking a little bit about how many men in heteronormative relationships do not want to go into therapy. And so I sort of stumbled upon that while some of what she promotes is controversial, especially by therapy standards, there is a market for the clients who do not want to enter therapy or who have a partner who does not want to enter therapy with them and would prefer either coaching or would prefer that really only one partner enters in. There could be a lot we could say about that. But I enjoy on this podcast having alternative and even controversial guests to really look at things from different sides. So at the end, you will find out more links to Debbie's website, Debbie's TED Talk, some of the resources she has on her website. And she does give an invitation in this to talk to therapists. In the show notes, you'll find all that. You will also find in the show notes a link to my Monday MindUps email list. This is designed especially for those who have goals, dreams, desires, or are unfulfilled. Any of you who feel like even when you set a goal to change something, something keeps derailing you. It's a bite-sized, mindset-shifting piece of content. I do not overwhelm your inbox. I can't stand that. And I like things that are quick and have a really deep impact. And this can go as deep as you want. It's 
really about a choose your own adventure. So that can be found in the show notes and I would love to see you there. So without further ado, here is my interview with Debbie Marielle of moreintimacy.net. Thank you so much, Debbie, for joining me today. And I love to start with you telling myself and the audience whatever you'd like to share about your work, yourself, and your passions. Yeah, um, I'm Debbie Marielle. I'm in Colorado, and I'm a romantic. So I like to help people find happiness in their relationships, joy in their physical bonding with their beloved and stay together. My passion is helping people be, you know, happily bonded, happily married. And a lot of this has to do with the physical bond. This is the only thing, Erin, that we can't get from anybody else. And it's so healthy for us. And it's so good for our relationship and fills us with feel-good hormones and such. So I help women and couples get that part of their intimacy right, as well as learning how to really connect with each other deeply to fill each other's needs and love tanks and love languages and such and help them relate to their partner in a way that brings the best out of them. So I'm a romantic. That's my approach. Beautiful. So that connection, I love how you put it. I'm a romantic because we can think of it so clinically often in our field, but framing it as I'm a romantic makes it so much more enlivened and beautiful. Thank you. And so your passions then about what you do in your work. I know you have a TED talk coming up. Tell us whatever you'd like to about that. Sure, sure. So yes, I auditioned for a TED talk using my kind of trademark uh, way of approaching uh, female sexuality, which is women need six things for great sex and love lives. So I did the audition and I was like, okay, you know, it's pretty broad, right? What are the six things? We all need knowledge, knowledge about what it is that we might like and knowledge of how to communicate it to our partners in a way that feels connecting and not controlling or critical. It's an art, right? It's a science. (laughs) It's a a learned skill. A lot of these things are a learned skill. What else do we need? We need worthiness and confidence. You know, we need to feel that our desires are normal and our bodies are okay, good enough, right? Uh, So that we can have worthiness and confidence. We all need time. We need to prioritize our love life, but we also need to take the time to get ourselves fully aroused. If a man's like a microwave, a woman's like a crock pot. It takes us a while to get going. Let's see, we need emotional connection. I mean, you can have sex without it, but let's face it, women, we we crave safety, relaxation, you know, connection. There's a security aspect in having really good sex and be able to trust and open your heart. And let's see what else. We need embodiment. We have our our brains are built for multitasking in many ways, right? And it's hard to turn off all of these intrusive thoughts, but yet the best love making is found in our senses and in the present moment, not thinking about the past, worried about the future, and in our senses. And in, and so it's a practice for a woman to be able to calm our mind and be very present and focused and not judgy and anxious and things like that. So those are some of the things that women need. Of course, TEDx, they took me as a speaker. However, they said, you need to focus on one. That's too much. <laughs> That's just too much for a 15-minute talk. Been, I haven't written it yet now, but I'm, I'm going to make it on emotional connection. Women need emotional connection. And I, I, 
I'm actually kind of concerned about, you know, with this day and age, how will I, you know, they were like, how are you going to address it, address the gender spectrum and things like that? And I'm like, I really can't. I don't have enough personal experience with this. I don't really know that, you know, okay. I can say to most women, most of the time, they desire emotional connection and safety and romance even fits into there too. That's romance is something that makes us feel special, you know, makes us feel chosen and helps us get over worthiness issues and such. So romance is important. And I think that that's a part of it too. So I am going to focus on that TEDx and I'll let you know, you could watch it. It's October 16th in Breckenridge. And I know that I've been on your website and I know there's some things that people might be interested in. The word tantrica struck me as something to call oneself. Myself, very interested in spirituality. So I know the word and I know the tantric sexual practices and the evolution of the self and higher self through sex. But I think that that word in a modern context is really fascinating to me, as well as your love tips. Be a place we could send the listeners as well as they could send their clients. So Maybe you want to talk about both or maybe one closer. So tantric is an ancient spiritual path that up until it was, it was kind of dormant, right? Originated out of India with many of the Eastern religions and such. And it was dormant until the 1980s, as recently as the 80s, when some Californians and some French people said, why don't we apply all of these spiritual practices to our sex lives? And hence the neo-tantric movement, which is what we're familiar with, right? Because that's a lot of fun, right? Why not apply this to our sex lives? So I'll actually even go a little bit further, which is, yes, the, the true tantricas are, you know, a very spiritual bunch, you know, new age and connecting to the universe and invoking gods and goddesses and such like that. I take tantric practices, which my husband and I enjoy, but we use it to bond together right? We use them as a very conscious form of lovemaking to bond to one's partner, right? I would, unfortunately, you know, we're busy. We don't have time to go so deep into tantric that we are so connected with the divine, right? But this stuff is brilliant for connecting to one another. There's an emphasis on breath. As we all know, breath calms the nervous system, centers us, grounds us. So why not use this kind of breath to calm yourself for lovemaking? There's an emphasis on movement. There's rituals, right? Women, we love rituals, right? We exchange beautiful words together and create like this safe bubble. So this is brilliant for connecting with your partner. Um, There's embodied techniques, you know, things like body scan and such that are, you know, somatic method, but kind of applied in a a spiritual way. Um, You know, there's an emphasis, of course, on touch and enjoying the journey. You know, tantric is not all goal oriented like modern sex frequently is, right? It's based on like a porn model, which has become the de facto sex ed. And I'm often helping my clients to unlearn that, right? That is not making love. That is not what most women crave. So the tantric way of being is enjoying the journey, which coincidentally is great for women's pleasure, anyways. It actually leads for women that struggle with orgasm. If you take the focus off of, am I going to come? Is it going to happen? You know, in in this goal orientation, it's more likely to happen. So enjoy the journey. And those are all 
tantric principles that I bring into my coaching. There is a way to take these ancient practices and make them applicable to the Western world. You mentioned time and you do not have to be a deeply spiritual person, even if if you don't want to be, to benefit from tantric practices, mindfulness practices, meditation. Yeah. And as I, and this is really nice because the woman can use this to introduce this to her man. And let's face it, most men are not on the ultra spiritual path like their woman is. And yet here is a way to get your woman to deeply enjoy lovemaking with you. And, and you can set the pace better, right? It's not so quick and things like that. And it's a, it without him having to be on the ultra spiritual path. It's a beautiful way to do this in a secular way. Didn't just enjoy all the benefits. Thank you. Good, good way to put it. Thank you. And I am curious about your love tips. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, that's a blog that I write that illustrates some, um, you know, for women. I have a Facebook group that has about 3,000 women in it. And so I write a lot of content that and on, and on the blog. It has to do the, with sex, sexuality tips. And again, from a, from a, a romantic point of view, you know, like I assume that the women want to make love They're, I mean, my clients are not drawn to me because they want to explore polyamory and, and things like that. That's not really who's drawn to me. So I focus on my folks, <laughs> which is they want to enjoy lovemaking with the partner they've got, right? That's kind of thing. And, you know, women suffer from low libido, low desire, especially in long-term relationships when kids are present. How do you get revive your drive? How do you get more pleasure out of lovemaking and also, you know, elimination of pain and such like that? So those are kind of my audience, women that have either lost their drive or their husband has. That's an interesting phenomenon that is growing and growing is that the man has lost interest in sex. And often it's a relationship issue and bedroom boredom and fear of that he has erectile dysfunction. I wrote, a, you can see in my articles, what to do when your man has erectile dysfunction, what the woman can do, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of it is just, Talk to your man, see your doctor. There's more to it than that. If you see a doctor, they're just going to prescribe pills. And so many of the issues with men in erectile dysfunction, for instance, are really relationship issues, you know, desire discrepancies and and porn has had a big influence on this. And there's so many more factors than see your doctor. It's not just about a pill. So what can the woman do? A lot. You know, what can the woman do about her low libido? A lot. What can the woman do about like the relationship not feeling safe and loving and playful? A lot. So I help empower the woman to get the relationship she wants. I say get intimacy, both emotional and physical. I think that's what we really want. You said something very important there that comes up a lot in, in the interviews I've done thus far, and I'm sure will continue to do, that the physical allopathic model has its limitations for many things psychological, absolutely relational, that go see your doctor and take some medication is a really common way to deal with challenges. Uh, But Mm -hmm. there are so many other ways. So it might be a nice way to segue into a question that I have that I ask all um, interviewees, which is what does mental health revolution mean to you? I'll go into what it, um, I like the positive psychology met emphasis. So uh, positive psychology was only created really about 20 years in the Ivy League after the president of the APA spoke at the 
at a keynote address and says, why are we always focusing on the pain, the problems, the suffering, the past? He's like, why not be more like the philosophers and be like, what makes life worth living? What makes improves life and well-being and resilience and such? And basically, as a result, he founded the School of Positive Psychology, which is how to get us from a baseline of normal to better, as opposed, you know, as opposed to the most branch of psychology, which is how to get, alleviate suffering and, and heal and get to a baseline of normal. So my emphasis, of course, because I'm coaching and I'm working remotely with women everywhere, is to use coaching methods, and these fall under kind of fall under that, you know. So I help. Um, I help my clients with experiencing more gratitude in their lives, more gratitude in their relationships. It's a huge mood booster. Doing self-care, holding them accountable for self-care and knowing that it's not selfish. And I'm also like, these are all helping your relationship too, because it's like, when you show up, do you ever notice, Aaron, when you show up happy and relaxed and in a good mood, your partner is drawn to you. Absolutely. (laughs) Everyone. Everyone Everyone. is drawn to you. And it's like, you have the ability to affect this. I help them with positive psychology techniques and things using like breath work, meditation, getting supported, um, savoring senses. And I apply them to to a love life. You know, how do you apply these positive psychology methods to the couple or to your body, to your senses? Because of my emphasis for, you know, happy relationships and making love. So I can see there how shifting that away from the pathologizing model is really fundamental to this revolution as you see it. Yeah. Okay. From my perspective. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And you mentioned something I think that's very important that I am going to do a solo episode on, or maybe already have when this launches is about the difference between healing and expansion and I think those are really important and a lot of expansion work is being done in the coaching realm because the psychology realm has a lot of lineage and healing going back to the past, mentioning all the things, but expansion is I think what most people really want is this moving forward and growing. And I help uh, in one of the reasons, uh, the ways that I help women, and I know there's this healing model, you know, the the healing model in in therapy. And many women I work with have spent many years in therapy. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what, there's there's healing, which is usually on your own. It's a self, you know, driven thing. But there's also the, 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 it's very, I don't want to use the word healing, empowering, expanding, to be in a relationship where you are deeply loved and you are a wonderful partner, that is healing. That is mood boosting. That might be the source of your depression and anxiety is your rocky, insecure, conflicted relationship. And if that's happy, that might be the answer. Well, is there anything else before we move on to where can people find you that you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, that, you know, I work with therapists as well because it's a very little overlap in what I do to the curriculum and, and, and you know, uh, graduate school and to what's seen in the individual focus in practice. So I work with, I can work easily with therapists. My model does not overlap. I teach, you know, positive psychology, positive relationship tips. I'm actually going the taboos, what's kind of taboo, modern, politically correct, like male-female differences. 
how to relate to your partner because he is not you. He is not a big hairy woman who is misbehaving. <laughs> he sees the world through an entirely different lens. And often your masculine guy, the last thing he wants is to go to counseling with you because men don't frequently like to talk about their emotions, even with their woman, let alone with their woman in front of another stranger, in front of a stranger, right? So uh, I'd say it's quite different from therapy and I would welcome therapists to work with me. In fact, I will share my source materials with them so they can go around and spread this model uh, if, they, if they work with me. So, Thank you. And so your website, I want to hear it from you. It's um, more intimacy. I picked that word because intimacy means different things to different people. If you ask a woman, what does intimacy mean to you? It's very likely she's going to say it's this special kind of closeness, this vulnerability, this sharing. If you ask a man, what does intimacy mean to you? What's he going to say? Sex. Vast majority of the guy will say intimacy. Yes. Yes, please. They hear that it's sex and we can't blame each other for the way we are made. We're kind of made differently. And I say to get the best out of your man, the way to his heart is not thrill his stomach. It's about 12 inches lower. <laughs> so I am, you know, empower people to be deeply connected lovers because that is often the key to opening up the heart mm. and creating, uh, you know, less stress, more peace, more love and bonding. Yeah. Safe, secure connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's essential. So it's moreintimacy.net. .net, yeah, it's .net. And I, I really, when I saw your love tips, I thought this would be great for therapists, but also for them to refer their clients because not all therapists are sex therapists. A lot of the time I've even supervised or worked with couples therapists who the sex aspect, they need something extra to help these clients. So yeah. your website has a wealth of information and your upcoming TED Talk. Yeah, I'm like never underestimate the importance of your physical bond in your relationship. It's very important. It's the only thing like we can't get with anyone else. It's a huge cause of resentment and anger and even divorce if you are not on the same page when it comes to this. And it's often how people feel loved, how men in particular feel loved. So sexual, you know, rejection, for instance, is like rejecting love, you know, same, you know, we need to, our physical bond, affection too. That's something else we are, we are dependent on each other for affection and sex. And that's a good thing if we keep it, you know, alive and we emphasize it and we put, prioritize it. Mm. Well, thank you. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Therapist Expanded. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast to help more of our colleagues join the revolution. 